Picture this. You're fully immersed in your podcast because in the back of your mind, you're not trying to recall when that deadline was supposed to be or stressing to keep everyone updated on next steps. MeetMonday.com, a work management platform that makes having peace of mind easy. With Monday.com, all your work lives in one centralized place. You can automate updates to keep team members up to speed and ensure nothing falls through the cracks, even while you're enjoying your favorite podcast. To start your 14-day free trial, go to Monday.com. What's up, y'all? I'm Amanda Seals, and listen, I get it. We're in some serious times, so I think some of y'all forgot I'm a comic. She had them jokes. I mean, you forgot I had a whole HBO comedy special. I you forgot I showed love to how black women give compliments. Okay, polka dots. And from shade to how white women move in corporate America. Stop CCing all these unnecessary people on these goddamn emails. I get it. We've been cooped up for a long time. That's why the Amanda Seals Black Outside Again Comedy Tour is coming to a city near you. Go to amandaseals.com today and get your tickets so we can laugh and learn our way through this madness together. How black am I going to have to get? We're on location and on our bullshit. You're listening to Mormon and the Meth Head. If you put a Mormon and a Meth Head together, this is what they sound like. Aaron Woodall and just a read our friends. Listen to them talking to Mike. We are in beautiful old Poway Park in Poway, California to this this afternoon. And I, I foolishly left my sunglasses in the car because oh, no. I said, I don't need sunglasses. It's just it's sunset. The most aggressively yeah, annoying time <laughs> of day for the sun to be in your eyes. The perfect time to not bring your sunglasses. So we did a show in San Diego last night. And if you guys uh, are Patreon subscribers patrons yeah that's what they're called they're pa- if you guys mm-hmm. are patrons, patrons you remember there was an episode where we discussed age hypnosis regression therapy session i just wanted to see how many words i could string together yeah, back to back incorrect uh, order oh, t- is that, mm, oh well what are you gonna do uh definitely not another take <laughs> 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 anyway we once jessa with her hypnosis background uh, hypnotized me, and we talked about it in a Patreon episode pretty extensively, and we pretty much only talked about the scary, sad stuff. The first thing that Jessa had me do when she hypnotized me was tell me that that in however many seconds I was going to be in a safe place, a safe place, a happy place, uh, a place where you felt really safe and happy. And I was like, uh, I don't know. I, my anxious mind is like, what, what, what do I pick? Which, what, what should I pick? What should I pick? And then just like taps my head and says, now. And boom, I was there in old Poway Park <laughs> underneath a tree in front of a picnic table that had a Where's Waldo uh, tablecloth on it because it was my birthday party. And it was a Where's Waldo themed birthday and people were wearing Where's Waldo hats and stuff. And that's that's where I was transported to. And it was really cool. I was like, whoa. And I could remember all this stuff. Well, today we were leaving San Diego, driving back to L.A. And we were on the 15. And there's an exit for Poway Road 
I was like, well, just take it. Let's take it. And then we drove. We found Old Poway Park. And uh, it's a lot smaller than I remembered it as a kid. But all those trees are still there. These picnic tables are still here. And so we figured, why not skip rush hour traffic back to L.A. and just sit in the park and do an episode? Record a podcast. Hopefully the sounds of baseballs being hit and cars driving by is not annoying. Yeah, I hope that it, it that it creates a gentle ambiance for you rather than an annoying distraction. But it is it is quite picturesque here. It's little kids learning how to play baseball and uh they're going to learn uh probably a lot of other terrible things depending on how loudly we talk. <laughs> we're going to try to we're going to try to keep it down, but Why are you planning on talking about your opener from last night? Yeah, man. Don't open. <laughs> It's, I already talked about how San Diego there was just a crowd that didn't like didn't like laughing. They liked smiling, you know. But uh, I went out on stage and I was like San Diego, and people were like, "Yeah, woo!" And I was like, "Man, I love San Diego. I was born in San Diego. I was molested in San Diego." <laughs> Silence. And that's not totally unexpected. I was like, yeah, that's a, that's a that's an okay reaction. Even though I felt like Jessa had already broached that subject on stage, I felt like I'm the, I I'm the last. Oh, you skipped that part. Oh, skipped that mm-hmm. part. Anyway, felt like this in the last comic of the night. It's people are broken in at this point. Like they're ready to talk about darker stuff. But and they were there. That shocked them. But that's okay. That's it all right. I wanted to, and I said. My follow it was when I got no laughs on the follow up was when yeah, I realized that, that I was in trouble because I saw so I was like I was molested in San Diego and it was just totally quiet and uh, and I then I joked about that and I said they say they say don't start your set with molestation they say don't bring it up right away and you know what I say you're probably right <laughs> you're probably right no one liked it no one here liked it but I thought that that would break tension yeah. and cause some laughter instead. Completely silent. Everyone just nodded in agreement. You're right. We did not like that. <laughs> Why did you do that? Okay. All right. My bad. My bad. Sorry, but I'm bringing up lots of memories in San Diego. Lots of memories here. So it's fun to come back to this park. It is beautiful here. You know what I wanted to talk about? I realized I started on Do You Believe in Magic and didn't go further into was timelines. Mm-hmm. So I people started talking about timelines a couple years ago, a few years ago. I started hearing that all the time, but I didn't experience reality as a timeline at all. I didn't. Uh, I experienced it as a stationary landscape that I attracted things to and created things on and experienced reality on. But it felt very stationary, and I was adding elements. And then the night that we filmed This Is Not Happening, I everything shifted that night. I felt like in my hand I was holding this reality that I knew would exist when I was a kid. When I was a little kid, from the time I could talk, I knew I would be a famous actress is what I thought. Like I would tell people, like, I'm going to be a famous actress. I would give people my autograph, and I knew it. I knew that it existed. And when kids would tease me and shit... In middle school, I remember thinking, oh, you'll regret that one day when I'm famous. Famous. Which they won't regret because everyone has forgotten me. Also, nobody knows who Jessica Garcia is. (laughs) But um, I 
you know, I gave up on that a hundred times, obviously, as, as life went on. And I remember getting married at 16 and thinking, well, there goes that dream. But when I was on stage at This Is Not Happening, I held it in my hand. I felt like I was standing on the ground of that reality that I knew existed when I was a kid. And from that moment forward, reality felt like a pre, I don't want to say predestined, but prefabricated, a prefabricated path, like a walkway that as I took steps forward, I feel like I know the trajectory. I know how this path ends and nothing is really a surprise, like the crazy things that happen. And I feel like, do you remember the Billie Jean video for, um, uh, the Michael Jackson, Billie Jean video where uh-huh. when he walks on the sidewalk, then the next one yeah. lights up. That's what it feels like. Every time I take a step on this path, the next one lights up and then I take a step and the next one lights up. But there's an inner knowing of the trajectory of this path, but this path feels like I stay on this path. Like it's a, it's a moving sidewalk and I feel other moving sidewalks next to it. And sometimes I end up on one of those other sidewalks because it's like this path is all of the elements are pre-existing and I determine what sidewalk I'm on, not by attracting elements to it, because it has all of its elements already, but by my frequency. Does that make sense? None of this does. Really? No, this, you, you, you've said a lot of things. You've said a lot okay. of things already. Um, I, I'm going to take you several steps back. Okay. What's a timeline? What do you mean when you say people started talking about timelines? Like, I think, it, I, when I think of timelines, I think of TV shows. Um, I think of... Lost. Lost had different timelines on that show. So tell uh, me what that is. What Lost is? So I've heard you describe uh, Community's timeline. Community, the darkest timeline is what I talk about. Yeah. that's So in Community, there was an episode called Random Chaos Theory, I think was the name of it. But they were playing Dungeons and Dragons or something. And somebody rolls uh, a dice. Abed tries to stop it some, from someone rolling the dice because simply from just simply rolling that dice... There are now 12 or I don't I can't if it was a whatever by rolling the dice, you've got a number of options that's uh, that are now in play. And so in in this chaos theory, you have now started out that X number of timelines. There's a timeline where you rolled a one, one where you rolled a two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 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 and uh, they're all now happening. And that, so that episode would go back and f- would like would show you what one timeline, like in the, where he rolled this and this person had to go get the pizza, then the, all these things happened and blah, blah, blah. And at the end of that episode, there was one that was the darkest one where like several of them died in a fire. Uh, someone lost their voice box. Someone lost an arm. You know, they were, and they all turned really the ones who survived turned evil. And then it became a running gag throughout the show that uh, the the people from the darkest timeline were tra- was trying to hijack their the main character's timeline and like take it over, you know. Uh, but uh, yeah, that's so. And I think like, in Lost too, there were alternate versions of history in the future and stuff. So there was like this timeline where they were in the seventies. There's another timeline where they weren't on the island or blah blah blah. But it's like different versions of your same yeah, life. different versions of of your same reality. So I guess the reason, because I'm trying to articulate something that I can feel, a sensation that I feel. 
I can f- I can now feel myself. I think it was always timelines, right? I think there was always a million realities happening at once. I think every time that there is a decision, a fork in the road, you know, the ultimate string theory that somewhere s- uh, you're consciously existing in a realm where things played out different, even on tiny things. So I think I'm tuned into that now, though. I feel like I can, I can feel... At the end of, I'm going to use a lot of movie analogies. Nice, I love it. At the end of Back to the Future, where he has that photograph and that photograph fades of his parents when Mm -hmm. things don't go the way they're supposed to go, I feel that sometimes. I feel myself get off of the timeline that I want by subscribing to whatever fear-based bullshit uh, is in my head at the time, and then I can feel. I can feel it change the projection that I'm on. I can feel the future change to something less desirable. And I have to move to get back onto the other path. When we met at Big Sky, I was still trying to put these feelings together. But I felt this separation. The separation that felt outside of my control from Jason and I. Like this this marriage was amazing. There were a couple things that happened that kind of started to shift things. But then both of us were fighting with everything we had to make it work again. And it just... Uh, I did a um, an I Ching reading uh, for it. And the card that came up was Paz Diverging. What kind of reading? I Ching. I'm probably saying it wrong. I always say things phonetically because I read everything. It was I Ching. So you throw coins and then, uh, but I have an app on my phone for when I'm in a pinch. Uh I just will uh, feel like I'm having a hard time hearing messages. I'll just do that. Okay. But so paths diverging was the was the thing, and I was like, no, that wasn't. And that's how you you use that imagery in one of our early episodes when you talked about love. Yeah. And uh, you're just like people walking next to each other and paths diverging. And that was after you had already pulled yeah. that card? Yeah, I pulled that in June and I had it saved on my phone and, cr- and cr- I was so upset because oh. it, it felt very true. I'm sorry. And I wasn't ready for it to be true. I couldn't, f- I couldn't fathom a reality in which he and I were not on the same path. And uh, over the next few months, I think both of us started to accept that that was what was happening, I think, because we both understand the way that those things work. But the path when I got to Big Sky, by the end of Big Sky, felt like it was our path. It was my path with you. And the path was very career-oriented because... That's where it started as this is not happening. And so that was the thing where I was like, weird that this feels like uh, this is our path now. Like those paths split and the timing of the paths splitting and then uh, our paths came together. And that took me a while to figure out was like why it felt like my path with you because before the 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 podcast so I was working on a couple things and was like okay well we'll we'll do this together or maybe I can include Aaron on this yeah you were writing uh, a show and you're like I need writers you could write you could work for me on this and I said absolutely but then later when the podcast idea came up that was that was seemed like the answer for why it felt that way yeah it was just like oh okay this is why because this is and since meeting you at Big Sky, I think I've I've felt more destined 
for certain things. Yeah. There's things that I have not worried about where I just feel like uh, when I came up with the idea for the podcast, I felt like I knew I knew it was going to be good. I knew it was going to be big. I knew it was going to do stuff for us. Um, certain things that that just I just feel certain about your epics when you were going through that whole audition process. It's easier when you're a little more detached because it's not about you. Yeah, I was. It was about you know. It's about someone else. But I was just. I. I. You were worried, and I was like, "There's no. You're gonna get it. You're gonna get it. You're yeah. gonna get it. Of course, we're gonna get it." And that's how I just felt about everything career wise since meeting you. Um, be I just feel like, yep, we're gonna book this. Yep, we're gonna get this. Yep, we're just we're clearly on a path. I would use the word path as well. It just, uh, I think destined is is the word that comes to mind where i'm just not worried about my career right now because i feel like um no there's another word that i use it's not unstoppable it's uh inevitable 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 Inevitable. that's what i say all the time i'm like our success is inevitable it's just gonna happen either sooner or later yeah and i don't really care when it's inevitable that's not like positive thinking bullshit that's just like i i feel like i can feel the end of uh, not the end, but the you know I can feel the future in this timeline. But there have been times where our things apologies got... to those that think positively. By the way, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so some guy out there just trying to think positively, and you're like this bullshit. <laughs> I'm no, sorry. I'm a proponent. I'm sorry, I, we don't have to trick ourselves. It's actually going to happen for us. <laughs> you just have to think positively with your bullshit. <laughs> Try being cool and talented like us next time. <laughs> Searching for just the right job? Whether you're looking for full-time, part-time, or seasonal work, you can get started today. Amazon Jobs offers the whole package with great pay and flexible shifts that allow you to choose when and how much you work. Find a warehouse close to home and discover the role that works for you. To get your application started for an hourly job, go to Amazon.com slash apply. That's Amazon.com slash apply. Amazon is proud to be an equal opportunity employer. There have been times, though, where I settled into the wrong frequency and yeah, felt that Yeah, now this was the, that was the last word that you brought. You threw that in at the end of your like uh, uh, timeline path analogy. And so, so when you say... Let me... Do you feel things at like vibes? Jessa is currently lounging on a garbage can and has never looked more at home. She is just lean. She just like slide this garbage over so I can sit on it. Queen of the trash pile, pontificating about her inevitable success. Expect the, your new co-host is just going to be Oscar. <laughs> He's going to pop out of that trash can. <laughs> it smells bad. Yeah, of course it smells bad. It's a tra- <laughs> well, it's, you've got this entire picnic table, and you're like, I'm going to lean over. All right. So uh, frequency. I can't use the word vibe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Vibes, vibes is gonna sound worse. What if I say it without a Z? Yeah, <laughs> I feel like it's permanently ruined. But do you feel the the frequency of people? Do you feel their energy when you're around them? Can you tell certain people have a uh, 
an energy that pulls from you, Absolutely. drains you. Energy, yeah. There's people that bad energy, people that I shy away, you know, kind of turn away from because it's just, yeah, it's an annoying energy. Yeah. There's people that try to drain you. There's people that energize you. Yeah. And you, so you say those people are on different frequencies? So, yeah, I think that that is your energetic frequency. And I think that when you are in, I would call them dense, when you are in dense energies, which is like fear, self-pity, uh, guilt, when you're, when you're vibrating at these lower frequencies, I think you are only capable of experiencing low-frequency realities. And I have felt myself choose... choose the wrong frequency in the last year and I when I do that I feel suddenly I don't feel like it's inevitable it does feel uncertain I feel the photograph fade I feel like this is string theory which I don't know a lot about other than that the I think the idea is that uh, all these Are you realities strain or string string okay I know strain theory string theory is I think I'm uh, know very little about it but where other Every possibility is happening at once, but they're 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 going a million different ways. All right, don't b- mind me. I'm going to Google it though. Okay. While you're talking. Have you ever been driving on the freeway and then you uh, feel yourself get in a car accident? Is this part of your autopilot stuff? <laughs> <laughs> no, like you were you in do the, in and then your you, imagination. You just feel yourself get in a car accident in that moment. Feel it. I mean, I think I could like um. You imagine? I'll imagine like what if I got into a car accident right now, but I don't think I've ever felt. I feel like uh, imagining what if is uh, would be like a conscious thing. This wouldn't be a conscious thing. It's I just feel it happen. Hmm. I feel I feel alternative versions of reality just happen in flashes, little flashes, and I always assumed that that was different realities happening at once. I feel so hyper aware of the different realities. And the other day something happened. Well, first it was this. First it was like, it felt like I was on this path. Then I felt myself pop over to a different to a different reality by choosing because uh, you know I'm always choosing my narrative. You choose your narrative. Every every minute of every day you're choosing the story. It's shit happens, it's gonna happen no matter what, but you decide what the narrative is. And so uh, More I've been this do- positive thinking bullshit, Chessa. <laughs> I've been doing that for a long time. Of course. But this was the trajectory. Suddenly I can feel like I have an inner knowing of the trajectory that I feel their trajectory change as the narrative changes. And the narrative changes when that frequency, when that, that vibration changes. I hope that this isn't too crazy because this is all like just based on sensations I'm having and it and it's starting to come into focus but there are so many things that I knew okay so two days before I got to LA uh, this is not happening my episode of this is not happening got pushed back an entire year so I had just split up from my husband moved my kids to LA tripled my uh, bills with no income and I did this because I knew on this path that this is not happening was going to come out and that that these things were going to work out and we were going to do this podcast and I would be able to make something happen because I knew that because I could feel the trajectory of this path. 
two days before we get there, I get an email that's like, oh, hey, we split the season in half. You're not on until 2019, which now means I have a year in L.A. of no one knowing who I am and no ability to, like, use this momentum to move forward. And you and I were trapped in a hotel room in Sedona. No, we were in uh, New Mexico because I got a flat tire. And remember, we were supposed to get to Phoenix mm-hmm. that night, and we were on the side of the road, had to fix the tire. Now we're in a shitty hotel when we had a, a resort in Phoenix that we were supposed yeah. to be staying at. And we took that really well. We took that in stride. And then you were taking a shower, and I was working out in the hotel room, and I get this email. And everything in me wants to freak out. Everything in me is like, oh, my God, you made a huge mistake. This is a a night like you're going to go bankrupt trying to pull this off, like whatever. And I wouldn't I didn't let any of those thoughts out. I didn't let them walk around. I might have cried, but I think I was just uh, you were super sweet about it. And then um, I said, it doesn't line up. It doesn't doesn't feel feel real. It doesn't feel real. I said, I feel like I'm in a standoff against reality. That's like, yeah, no, that's not how this is going to play out. I I took this risk because I knew how this was going to play out and this isn't it. And I was in this standoff with reality and that's insane. Like they, they, they know who's they had the shows ready. And so then I kept waiting for it to change. I kept waiting for reality to change. And another month goes by and I see signs for this is not happening starting. And I'm fighting back sadness, you know, and I'm like, I don't be attached to the outcome. You cannot, it doesn't feel real, but I can't attach to that outcome because that fucks up creating things. I'm just going to accept it how it is and pivot. I'm going to pivot and find a new way. And right after I did that, you and I were in Portland walking in a radio. And, this, and I we get a focused call. our energy in the in the interim on uh, the, podcast. the podcast. We started building that up, and we were getting we weren't ready to drop it yet, but we had already gotten episodes recorded, and we were working on it, and we were feeling pretty happy with it. And yeah. we were in Portland uh, for the very first the very first time we were going to do a show that was like Mormon and the Meth Head show yeah uh, when nobody knew who mormon and the method yeah. was because we hadn't launched the podcast we were taking our time because we, we thought we had a year we, we had plenty of time and i think we were going to launch in may or something and this was we were going in to do radio yeah uh, for what's the name of that that show fun employment radio Fun employment radio and they were great and we were outside and you got a phone call and you started like jumping you, oh, you were, have a video of yeah. me doing that yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. you were excited and it was just, they were like, hey, by the way, we're going to uh, put your video on YouTube. <laughs> they were, they apologized. They said, uh, I got the call and they were like, we have bad news. And I was like, oh my God, the show got canceled. And they were like, we are breaking up that episode and you're not going to be on the show. And I was like, can you put it on YouTube? And they were like, oh yeah, that's in two weeks. And I was like, fuck, cool, uh, shit. Well, that's what I wanted. I yeah. wanted it on YouTube. Like that was a, you're not going to go viral on television, uh-huh. you know? Yeah, so Jess has never actually been on uh, <laughs> on Comedy Central. <laughs> She's been on Comedy Central's YouTube channel, but uh, no one knows the difference. No yeah. one knows the difference. No you're one. on. You're, yeah, you got the official video on the YouTube, and it went. It, it blew up immediately. Immediately, people were like, "Oh, this is the best episode of the year," even though it was not on. So many people were like, "I loved this episode," as if they watched it on TV, and it's like, "Yeah, it was." Never yeah, people on were like, "You were the best of this thing." Anyway, yeah, it. Uh, you stood off with reality, and you and you won. You were, but it's just again, it, again for me, it's secondary. So I do acknowledge that it's a lot easier. I don't have to fight any anxiety. But I felt really chill the whole time. 
Well, like the sweet stuff you remember me saying in the hotel was came from the same place that yours did. Was just that it doesn't feel right. That doesn't feel yeah. real. I feel like you're going to get it. So that's what I'm talking about. So you can feel the. Uh, it's not wishful thinking. I don't know. It's it feels certain. It doesn't feel like I can feel the trajectory of this timeline. And when things happen that appear to be in contradiction of it, I'm like, no, that's not this timeline. But I have had this experience recently, which I haven't fully fleshed out, where I feel the traje- I feel myself on the wrong timeline, and I have to line myself back up. And there's really stuff that put you're me back doing in the wrong, per- like a soul level. Like I you're- think it's uh, stuff with you, really. I think it's. Um, I think it is, I think our, our connection has uh, a lot to do with healing trauma also. And fear. And facing fear. It's triggering all my worst fears and yeah. some of yours. And uh, There are times where I'm like, I'm just not, you know, where I want to, I want to do the wrong thing. I want to subscribe to the, I want to, I want to recoil. I want to subscribe to the wrong narrative and I, it puts us it puts us out of sync, which fucks everything up. So it's totally believable that that would ruin the trajectory. Mm-hmm. Can I just uh, read some uh, quick Google things about string theory? Sure. So it is a theoretical framework in which the point-like particles of particle physics are replaced by one-dimensional objects called strings. It describes how these strings propagate through space and interact with each other. <coughs> Excuse me. I'm going to read something else here. Just go to a different uh, page. At the heart of string theory is the thread of an idea that's run through physics for centuries. That at some fundamental level, all the different forces, particles, interactions, and manifestations of reality are tied together as part of the same framework. Huh, so, so I'm fucking that up. No, no, no. Oh, I okay. thought, I thought when, like, reading, I was reading that at the same time that you were des- uh, describing more of your experiences, and it really helped me to to see it. So I was, okay. uh, anyway, I'm not going to go into any more than just those opening paragraphs on those two pages, but if you guys want to Google it and stuff, I think it, uh, it makes a sense of a lot of what, uh, what uh, Jess is saying. So Yeah, I could absolutely have it wrong but i or be mixing it up with something else but i thought that the idea because i feel like sometimes when i talk about reality stuff people go like oh that's string theory and that might be where i got it from but the idea that every possibility is happening and uh and that they're part of the same framework is interesting yeah yeah because it, it, it which would because that's what i was that's what i was reading when you were talking about the car crash thing which i've never experienced i don't i don't, I don't know that but i get i like that idea of like if you had that feeling and then it didn't happen. Well, maybe yeah. it's because it did happen somewhere else. You yeah, know? that you that you're still connected to. Yeah, and that you can feel it. That's kind of a cool idea. So a lot of reality is is I've always been someone that hangs out. I call it the ether. I call it the place where I think we really are is where I spend most of my time, which is why I have this autopilot that is shitty and walks me into walls and uh, puts my car into poles. But I. I am experiencing life so much more through feeling and I've over the years gotten very good at following my intuition, but this, I feel like I'm feeling it on a different level than I used to feel it. And do you get those ads for those games where you choose your own adventure and it shows like a woman 
under the counter and her husband's fucking someone else. <laughs> <laughs> no, Jessa, that sounds like an ad that's tailored for you. I don't think I get those ads because my search history looks different than yours. I've never heard I've never heard of this these games. For the choose I read Choose Your Own Adventure books when I was in elementary school. Uh you know, and you had to turn to page sixty for if you were gonna uh, if you was. were going to confront your husband. If you imagine being an eleven year old boy and reading a choose your own adventure book and it was all about catching your husband fucking another woman. <laughs> It'd be so, so hot. That yeah. would yeah. <laughs> So it's like the two options pop up, uh, call him out or or stay there and, you know, listen, if it was me. Yeah. <laughs> hmm, wonder which one Jess is going to choose. <laughs> but um, I feel like I feel that now. I I feel it's accepting programming is what it feels like. And this is going to get a little bit weird. Is it now? I'm trying to think where to start. Okay, so here's what happened. I got free dental implants from Dr. Brady Smith in Vancouver. And I'm going to tell that story on another podcast. But He's a Mormon dentist. He's a Mormon dentist who saw me glue my teeth in on Burtcast and offered me free dental implants. And it's a whole story that I'm going to tell on a different one. But I have been recovering from that for the last couple of weeks. And I hate opiates. I hate, I hate opiates. I have a, a burning... First of all, they're dangerous. But... Um, I hate that they're given for pain. I just don't like them. I don't like the way they make. They I make don't me like any time people are making money. Yeah, <laughs> this, this, it's always it's always something. So skeevy. Pat Sheen had given me some CBD pills, which I am. Uh, uh, hey Pat, I am. Hey Pat, I'm a huge weeds medicine. I don't like weed. I don't like to smoke it for recreation. It, it doesn't do it for me, but it's uh, absolutely medicine. Mm-hmm. And so I was. Pat like, has also given me a bunch of stuff for recreation, yeah, which for I recreation. also believe. I also believe weed is recreation. <laughs> but I think if I ever got a, a chronic illness or something, I would absolutely be going the CBD route before opiates. Not judging anyone that uses pain pills, but I I hate the way they make me feel. They like lower my resolve and make me weak, and I could totally see how someone gets hooked on that. They also make me extremely nauseous. Anyway, so I was in a, a ton of pain. I had eight eight rods drilled up into my mouth, and I was in a ton of pain, and so I took two of these CBD pills that I don't know if it's just because I never, ever, ever smoke weed that I'm super sensitive, but I got leave your body high. And, um, I went to almost an alien school type level where I was, I was like in like a, I was on the ceiling kind of looking down and everyone had mirrors on the front of them. And they were playing a game called Game of Mirrors. And in the game, everyone played their game onto other people's mirrors. And while that person was playing their game onto your mirror. And you accepted programming. And then you would play that game out onto the mirrors around you. So at some point, if you accepted the programming that you're worthless, you would play that game until you beat it. Onto everyone around you. Onto every mirror around you. While that person, while you're playing out the programming of you being worthless, that person is playing out abandonment onto you. Like, and 
I saw it, so it's definitely something I've heard. Well, you've talked about it. Yeah. But, but I do, when I get high, my mind, like, I, it just allows me to, I, I usually have some something that's a huge realization that when I try to say it out loud to people, everyone's like, yeah, yeah. that's kind of a duh moment. But f- when I'm high, it's a, it's something just clicks. Yeah. On a on a deeper level than I and it and now I like, it's something that I might have talked about, but now I get it. Now yeah, I believe it. Exactly. Now I'm on it. And so when you because you talked you talked to me about mirrors all the time. Yeah, I'm you had an experience with, with mirrors. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. We've talked about sh- uh, ideas for shows where those pl- where you know people being mirrors play in and stuff. So I think it's a, an, a thought that's already been kicking around your head for yeah. a long time. But I just I the when you described it to me, it just sounded like you got to see it in a new perspective. The way you were looking down yeah. and seeing all these people playing and stuff, you just had a little bit more of a macro perspective on it. I thought, and I think just the idea that. I am playing this game on you and that the things I'm getting, the things I'm experiencing are a, are my game. Right, that it's not other people doing things to you. Yeah. Uh it's not their it's not their programming they're taking out on you that you are uh projecting your stuff onto them and reflect and it's coming back to you. Yeah, it's like, again, it's not it's nothing groundbreaking, but like the way you got to see it, what uh, you know, it it was impactful. So the other thing that that stood out to me about that is how much in human interaction, how much fighting and breakdowns in relationships is about two people's version of reality and fighting over what is the fact. You know what I mean? No, this is what happened. No, this is what happened. No, this is what happened. It's like, no, you were, this is what happened in my game. This is what happened in your game. And you can seek to understand the perspective of that person from the perspective of the game that they're playing, but there is no fact there. And I think a lot of people get stuck in this cycle of trying to find the fact in that experience. But the, the I thing did. is. I did. I, I've given that up now, but old me, old yeah. me. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, man. I just couldn't like. I couldn't sleep. You know, like I was like, we're not done with this. We're not yeah. done with this until we all uh, agree. Yeah. <laughs> we all agree that this is what happened. This and is I think that's something thing. that you and I are very good at is uh, maybe not in the initial heat of the moment, but but pretty quickly after and sometimes in the initial heat of the moment. Oh, yeah. Like, I was wow. going to say, I feel like we're pretty good at that. From your perspective... You know, I look, look, when we when we share each yeah. other's perspective, it's like but yeah. more than just the sequence of events. Or talking about like this is what all right. Once upon a time, and I might forgive me if I've already talked about this, but I met a man in Italy uh, who I did not like. I didn't like him. Uh, he rubbed me wrong many different times, and yet his words have stuck with me. He said, uh, "All feelings are valid." He was the first person that expressed this idea to me. All feelings are valid. And you need to stop. He was talking specifically in relationships. If somebody says you hurt their feelings, it doesn't matter if you did or not. Yeah. It doesn't matter if you did. They, their feelings are hurt. Get to the bottom of that. Wow. And, uh... I mean, and I tried to, I, I did that a lot with Tabitha. It was something that we would talk about a lot, even though we weren't very good at it, you know? Yeah. Um, 
we got into lots of circular, circuitous fights just over that. Just like my feelings, my feelings, my feelings, my feelings. And that, you know, I'm being like, no, I didn't do that. No, I didn't do that. But my feelings. But oh no, I didn't do that. You know, just yeah. back and forth and back and forth. Rather, but I, and when we got better at it, you know, you could take a, you know, someone says you hurt my feelings when. You can, you can you can also adjust. we got better at how we said it to you. You can be like yeah. my, you just say my, my feelings were hurt yeah. when, uh, but like I would say rather than fighting her, and saying uh, the, I didn't do that or I didn't mean it like that. It's like let's the what's important is that this person I love is hurt, and we'll just get to the bottom of that. And then right. usually like you can come to some sort of I, I felt like eight or nine times out of ten. Uh, we both came to the same place, the same resolution. Uh, sometimes there would be this thing where, you know, she still misinterpreted what I said, but we at least fixed, uh, we're, we're trying to get, you know, to the, the heart of the problem. So I, what I was going to say about more than just the sequence of event, people, um, in relationships fighting over what the facts were. I think, people fight over intentions you and i fight a lot over intention where i was gonna um, say that's something that i lock into a lot yeah it just you say something that i take as mean like i'm like she's trying to hurt me she's trying to manipulate me she's trying to do something right and you're like that's not that's not it i didn't mean for that and uh that's you can't. I don't know. It's a. Uh, does that even did, did I even make a point to say that that's different? Because I feel like maybe it doesn't seem different at I all. Have, no, I have learned from you that that is different for you. Now, for me, if I say you, da 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 da, uh, I just I just need you to explain where you came from so that I can know that that wasn't what it was, and then I'm fine. So, like, that's what I'm looking for. When I tell you my feelings were hurt, I want you to tell me that it isn't what I thought it was. Mm. And then if you can if you can explain it to me in a way that I uh, that doesn't sound like you made it up to to justify, which I never feel that way. That's something about you that I can trust that if I say it hurt when you did this and it felt like this was the intention you have said, okay, yeah, that was my intention. I did. I was being a dick. Then I, I so I trust you. And I can feel that you're telling the truth. So if I say it felt like you were trying to make me feel this way, as soon as you explain where you were coming from, I'm, it makes me feel better. And so I have tried to lock that. I have tried to do that with you. Like, no, I meant it like this, thinking that that's going to bring you the same comfort it brings me. Because I can just instantly, it's, I, that's all I needed. I needed to know that it wasn't this nightmare that I thought it was. Mm-hmm. And um in the in the i would say it's two percent of the time that you actually did mean what i thought you meant um you say sorry and then it's like it's whatever but so i have always tried to bring you comfort with this but that wasn't my intention where you just need to be heard and you just need to uh me to say your feelings are valid and Mm. um you know uh, uh, apologize for whatever and so I've learned that from you. That's something that I have learned from you that it's just, I think we tick in two different ways. Hmm. Where I've tried to become more conscious of when you say feelings, just letting that, letting myself slam on the brakes right then and address the feelings. And it not... is freeing to say, if you, if you say your feelings are valid 
and you start from there. Yeah. And I know people. some people have some problems with that by making an, uh, such a declaration that, like, all feelings. But if you are starting from that standpoint, it is freeing that you don't have to justify the feelings in your head. That you could tell your significant other just like, hey, I just, this is how I feel. I know that it doesn't, maybe it doesn't make sense to you. Well, it also doesn't really make that much sense to me. But uh, I feel like you're trying to hurt me, you know? And then yeah. you can get to the bottom of these crazy feelings that you have and like get to the bottom of why you think uh, that someone who loves you is always trying to hurt you and why you're always assuming that, you know? Because yeah. you, because you just, Otherwise, you just get sucked into a fight about, well, I didn't do anything. I didn't do anything to hurt you. Yeah. And you're like, oh, well, but what about this? What? That hurt you? That didn't. And then you're like insulted that that's not, that you're not allowed to get hurt by that. Or you, or then you say, well, it did hurt me. And like, well, I didn't mean for it to. And then that, then you're supposed to not be hurt anymore because yeah. they didn't mean for you to hurt you. You're just not supposed to. But like, I still feel hurt though. So, and, and so you haven't solved that problem yet. Right. You're just like, okay, now I'm not allowed to be hurt because they didn't mean it. But there's a, there's an issue. There's an issue somewhere in your heart that you just, I think that, I mean, just for me, for me, it works this, 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 uh, philosophy. But when I, when I listened to this dude that I didn't like <laughs> and took that and, and internalized that, it, uh, let me be way more introspective and it let me fix so many different parts of myself because I didn't have to have the pressure of justifying my feelings because they were already wow. valid. They were already valid. That's a, you're feeling, if you're feeling it, then it's valid. Let's get to the, let's find out why, you know? And, and just so that everyone knows, like it's a, most of the time when I investigate a feeling, it's uh, wrong. You know, like I, like yeah. I don't, I don't uh, continue to act out on that feeling forever. If, if there is uh uh, if it's if it's damaging or anything like that, so like I, I say I say that it's valid, but that that just allows me to uh, investigate it more. When I get to the bottom of it, I'm like, all right, well, this feeling is garbage. I don't want to have this experience anymore. I can pick it out and I can change it. I can uh, identify it next time it comes up, and I can shush it and be like, I know what you're about. You're you're a fear that comes from my dad. That blah 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 blah, and I don't have to listen to you, right? right. But uh, if I if I didn't start out by saying that that feeling is valid, then I would have uh, just been running around in loops, fighting with other people every time this feeling uh, popped up. There is still always an element of trust, right? You have to either decide to trust everyone or trust no one or whoever you're going to trust, trust them. And but there's when you tell me that you didn't mean to hurt me or that you weren't trying to uh, manipulate me, uh, I just choose to trust you or I don't. Sometimes I don't. Yeah. Sometimes I trust myself more and I but I don't like hold like for for some people like I like I mentioned the last episode, I just don't talk to them anymore. I'm like, all right, listen, you're going to lie to me and yourself. I'm not going to hang out with you. Um, but there are, there have been times where I, you, I've disagreed with you. Like you've told me, you've sworn to me or something. And I just go, I just, I just choose to love you and go, I don't know why she did it, but you know, I don't think it was meant to hurt me. I think that there's, there could be some level of dishonesty there with like, like self deception. Yeah. There's, there's a, there's a problem there that I felt that she didn't feel 
and I'm not going to, I'm not going to think about it anymore. That's like the most that I'll, the, uh, that's, I guess that's the least that I'll do. Well, usually I just, I just choose to trust you. I just go, okay. Yeah. I believe you. And it is kind of scary. It's scary in a, in a liberating way. It's scary because there are no real answers and you just have to live your life. The other person's intentions are slightly irrelevant because you are playing your own programming out on them. But he also mentioned love versus fear several times, which has come up a lot for me lately. This idea that the the two ends of the spectrum are love and not hate, but love and fear. Yeah. You're choosing, everything you're doing is choosing one or the other. Hmm. And that absolutely resonates for the frequency thing that I was talking about when I am making the decision to, we'll go into that in a minute. I want to talk about accepting programming. The thing that is kind of coming into focus for me on accepting programming is this idea that everything that you're playing out is programming. So when you're a child, you are, you're accepting a lot of programming. You're accepting programming from society. You're accepting programming from, you know, this is when the indoctrination I think is uh, particularly insidious. I think your parents' fears and prejudices and everything are all programming you. But I think also in adulthood, you can choose to accept a program. And I think that if you choose to accept a program, and so when I say like accept a program, we'll say, I think everything in our reality is some form of program that we are playing out. It is not an absolute. Just because so many people are playing this program, it doesn't mean it's real. It doesn't mean it's fact. It's still a chosen reality. And aging is something, this idea that we age, that our body deteriorates before death is a program. And one of the things that the alien said is that uh, my generation would live to be at least 150 and that death would cease to exist. Like people would die when they wanted to die and that aging would cease to exist. And so for a long time, I just lived believing that I was never going to age because I just was like, no, no, this is done. It felt true when they said it. I see evidence of it every day. The relationship with aging has already changed and the life expectancy has already increased a lot. And that is we are stepping into this crazy technological age. Now it looks obvious to me that what the alien said about aging was true. But, but isn't this also now when you've started, didn't you, yeah, your so frequency changed? This is crazy. This is crazy. This is all Jessa talks to me about, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like I, I can tell you the moment I accepted the programming of my body deteriorating with age. I did not age. If you look pictures at pictures of me at 30 when I got clean mm-hmm. or t- you know 28 when I got clean and 38 when this happened with the exception of a uh, massive weight uh, gain and loss <laughs> there From is pregnancy, no change. Yeah. yeah, there is no change. There is no my body didn't break down. Now, granted I live a pretty healthy lifestyle. But I didn't start the moment that I accepted the reality that that was going to happen to me, everything changed. And now I feel like I am in this constant battle with this idea. So this is what happened. This sounds insane, I'm sure. But my name's Jessa Reed. I was watching. <laughs> I'm, about to, I'm about to spill some knowledge that starts with this sentence. I was watching Veep with Julia Louis-Dreyfus. And in this scene... 
a plastic surgeon was talking to her about a facelift and she was like, I don't need a facelift or something. And he grabbed her cheeks and pushed them forward, which increased those lines, mm-hmm. um, those frown lines or whatever. And then put, it created the, the 11s between her eyes. He pushed her face forward and said, this is what you'll look like in five or 10 years or whatever. And she was like, well, and I don't know why, but I got up and went into the bathroom and did that to my face. And I feel like in that moment, I accepted the programming of aging and everything changed. My joints started to go bad. My, uh, I started taking longer to heal. My face started to change. And it's been me versus this programming ever since. I have... I I felt the moment I accepted that programming. And this is how I have always seen since I woke up. This is how I saw Adam and Eve in the garden. Not like God is some catty bitch that was like, oh, no, I said you couldn't eat that apple and you ate that apple. The apple was a program. And if you eat this, then you're taking from the knowledge. You are accepting the program of life and death, good and bad, uh, light and darkness. You are accepting this program of fear-based dichotomy. So if I can go back, do you think um, for aging, there was a timeline where you weren't going to age, and then when you accepted that, when you bought into the belief of aging again, that then your frequency changed and put you on a timeline where you started aging? I haven't thought about the frequency timeline. Just trying to combine those I two. I think I don't. Maybe I'm no, stretching. I, um, no, I think I now I have that program until I beat that program. So more from a um, now the only way out of this aging program because I accepted that as reality in a moment is to get, find my way out of it. Hmm. And so I don't think that that alters the timeline. I think I feel like I'm taking the aging timeline with me where, or the aging program with me in any timeline while I, while I figure that out. But that's interesting. I'll have to think about that more, whether or not those things are part of the same. But, well, but this idea of Adam and Eve in the garden, the apple just being a representation of a program that they chose. And that began, that's why a moment later they felt shame. Because shame didn't exist where they were until they until they accepted that programming. And from that moment forward, mankind, everyone after them, has to play out of this game. You don't get you don't get out unless you play through. Yeah, and this is something that one of the first things that I liked about you is that you talked about, you didn't say anything new about religion, that you just said it and used different vocab words is what I would try to tell people. And I was like, because that's exactly how I've always been taught about the fall and the garden just no one ever said the word program yeah no one ever talked about accepting buying into a program and a video game and playing it out but uh mormons love creation stories and we talk about the fall all the time and there's we have actually many different iterations of the creation story in our scripture and there's like like that this the that episode where I talk about the devil and all that stuff and, and brother Kirkham, like that's all, uh, you know, another creation story. Men are that, uh, uh, Adam fell that men might be and men are that they might have joy. And uh, this is the start of that, uh, that slow, low deathbed soliloquy. But, uh, anyway, I, uh, I think I, I think you're spot on when you talk about like that lines up with uh, all of the the religion 
that I that I got was the way that you they they opted in. Like they Mormons don't really treat Eve as uh, a villain sinner. I mean, there's still a lot of patriarchal stuff in Mormonism, but we talk about how it was this necessary choice. Like, there's like that that Second Nephi two thing is all about how it had to happen. This, that they that they enacted God's plan. That God put them there and just waited for them to uh, bite that apple because that's how it was all. That's how it was all going to start. They had to, and it was it was a choice. And like you go to the temple and uh, watch the 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 movie that they made about it you know it is this uh this choice a a, a, an educated choice it wasn't a mistake it wasn't uh a sin they call they call it a transgression in mormonism it's called a uh, transgression because it's different from a sin it's like technically it was against the rules, but the rules only existed for, you know, anyway, anyway so we, I feel like, uh, should get back on the road and get out of this creepy dark park. The sun has long gone down. I think it's time for us to skedaddle as well. What do you think? <laughs> yeah, let's skedaddle. Yeah, let's skedaddle. <laughs> so before I go, you guys, I want to tell you about some shows coming up in November. On Thursday, November 2nd, we might be in Pocatello, Idaho. That's not 100% confirmed, but it's getting closer to 100%. We might be there on uh, Thursday, November 1st, right after Halloween. On Friday, November 2nd, we are 110% going to be in Twin Falls, Idaho. TF Brickhouse in Twin Falls, Idaho. Idaho. I I performed there with Jinx a little while ago, and now I'm uh, getting to take Jessa back with me this time, and it was a lot of fun. Then uh, Sunday, November 4th, we are going to be at the Beehive Social Club in Salt Lake City doing a show. Uh, Yeah, uh, the last time we were in Salt Lake was kind of on short notice, and the show was fantastic. And, And there was a bunch of people that have messaged us since saying, come back. Uh, so hopefully we've got a bunch of Salt Lake City fans that want to come out on Sunday, the Sabbath, uh, and hang out with us at the Beehive Social Club. You want to know what the address of the Beehive Social Club is, yes. Jessa? It's 666 State Street. Holy shit. Yeah. Yeah, it's badass. It's, it's metal, dude. It's metal. So yeah, we're at the Beehive Social Club that Sunday. But that first weekend in November, we're going to be in southern Idaho and Salt Lake and... Uh, until then, we're just going to uh, be in this park in Poway, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Mormon and the Method. If you put a Mormon and a Method together, this is what they sound like. Aaron would all let just so read our friends listen to.